This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel said it best, we are living in the whole of the Auburn experience. It encompasses so many different things, people, and yes, even places, but at its heart, at its core, it is all about our sports, it is all about our culture, and yes, all about the Auburn family. And because that experience is best with Auburn family, we've got to have one of those members here with me, back in the saddle with myself, your host Kyle Loomis, my co-host for episode 40, Mr. Austin Scott, and I'm going to awkwardly say it again, or as some call him now, Daddy on Father's Day. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. We'll allow that on uh, Father's Day of all days. Uh, but thank you very much. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there listening or watching. Uh, we're, we're thankful for you as you touched on it a little bit in the pre-show, Kyle. Uh, fathers mean quite a lot to us and have we all have quite the mentors in our life that serve as uh, actual fathers or not. So happy Father's Day to all. On that note, and here's an interesting question I was thinking about just to kind of get us started. This is Auburn Potpourri time. We just talk about anything for the first 10 minute segment or so. Who would you consider the father of Auburn football? Because oh, wow. I, I think it's pretty obvious if you want to go all the way back to its very beginnings. But when we talk about what Auburn football is at its core, who would that be? I think there's a couple people that have a case. Should I just say the obvious name? Yeah, well, you were going to say, I'm think, I'm guessing you're thinking of George Petrie. Yes, yes. Yes, and it's, that would be fair. Yeah. Um, I think as the, when we talk about like the fa- the founding fathers, George Washington is always going to come up first, right? right? And but I then you George also Pe- talk about like Je- Thomas Jefferson. And so Correct. for me, that switches to who else should be in that category. So any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think the, you can easily say another one. And I think a lot of people would say that Pat Dye, is going to be one of those because of the mentality and attitude he brought mm-hmm. to Auburn football of we're not going to be scared of anybody. We're going to right. work hard. Um, and so I, I think he's definitely got to be another one up there. You have to talk about Shug Jordan as another one of we're, now we're getting into like a Mount Rushmore, but I think it, that, yeah, that, <laughs> those are the, the father figures I think of Auburn football, certainly. And, and to its core, let's be serious that, you know, when you talk about, Shug Jordan and all that he meant to Auburn University and George Petrie and the Auburn Creed. These are also in, in individuals who had great influence on Auburn University as a whole, not just Auburn football, too. So, yeah. And I think there's some other names that fall in there, too. Some administration, such as Cliff Air. Uh, yeah. And, you know, former members of teams. And um, I would argue that you could make a case in some ways that Bo Jackson is kind of that uh, and what he created in terms of the pivotal Auburn football player like you know what everybody wants to aim towards in a sense yes he was he's more modern than than a founding father like a george petrie but i think you could make a case there as well just an interesting thing since father's day comes around i always think about this i just wanted to kind of poke your head a little (laughs) bit for what ideas i could get out of there but other things that popped up this week let, let me just talk about this to start off with a little bit of sad news that we do want to address um, a couple of deaths in the Auburn um, space. Uh, first up, Harvey Glantz, former Auburn track and field star. Um, and it does pain me to have to mention this, that he was a gr- coach for a long time for our rivals. But regardless of that, he started with us. He got his beginnings with us and became a track and field phenom, but also just a legendary name in the space and of itself. 
So sad to see that he passed uh, this week. And then also um, the wife of Marquise Daniels, who is also herself an Auburn basketball star, uh, Shana Askew Daniels, I believe is, is how we, is how to say it, but I just wanted to express my condolences, obviously to the glance to the Daniels family and obviously vicariously those of you within the Auburn family and friends and family connected them that were, you know, um, obviously dealing with that right now. So obviously Austin, a very sad week and at least it started for, for Auburn. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, I think a lot of people, um, kind of knew about the Daniels family situation and um, just unfortunate um, occurrence in a battle with cancer. Uh, But thankfully that um, thankful that, you know, she, whether you, whether we perceive it as a winner or loss, she has won that battle of cancer and uh, looking forward to hearing how her uh, story will be used going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always a, it's a sad story uh, obviously, but it can be used as a powerful story as well. Uh, and I, I had trust and I, what I know of Marquise and the Daniels family, uh, I know that they're going to continue moving forward in honor of her and uh, shining the light with, with the story of her life and how she battled that. So same thing for the Glantz family and, and Harvey Glantz, happy to have him as part of our history, even though we're now talking about it in a very sad way. I do want to shift gears, awkward transition, always from those type of things, but I had a great time in Auburn this week. Did you know that I came to Auburn or did you like after the fact know? I had no idea. I saw the E2C account posting um, midnight uh, uh, photos of Auburn University and I thought, oh goodness, what is Kyle getting into tonight? Yes, I uh, took a trip, not business related, but I made some business about it. You can't not go to Auburn and enjoy Auburn, and I can't not sure. go to Auburn and work, quote unquote. A lot of people have been responding to these pictures I took, and I just, on a whim, I just went to campus after I had finished for the day. And first of all, besides what I was trying to accomplish, can I just tell folks, if you've not experienced Auburn in the summer, it's a whole different ball game, whole like different. literally not only can you move around and breathe on roads, Austin knows this because he's a resident there, but I went to campus and while yes, comparatively, it was pretty empty. You still would see people walking through campus as I was uh, here and there, but you just basically had the place to yourself and got great images. The air was just like perfect. It was not humid. It was, you know, just a slight bit of cool in the air. I had the best time walking around taking pictures of campus and got some great shots from my camera phone um, of some of our famous buildings, athletic or otherwise. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to, that's what we're about sharing the Auburn experience. So it was a experience Auburn in the summer, but experience Auburn at nighttime too. It's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, the summertime is different and then you add, you know, nighttime into it as well. Uh, You know, even during school year, nighttime on campus is, uh, is is buzzing but not quite the same um i also got to walk around at nighttime during campus on campus several times where it'd be coming back from different study sessions or whatnot and and also maybe getting into a little trouble but uh we we won't get that on the record um but always enjoyed just nighttime you're right it's quiet um it's always you know there's not as many lights and so you get a pretty skies usually and uh those pictures are definitely worth checking out on our social media yeah, and listen, when you don't have, you know, the giant lights of a stadium on outside of the the AU on the I guess it would be right. the east side, 
I mean, you can get some pretty nice shots out there. So come to Auburn whenever you can, but there's, there's some great, just relaxing times that you can have. And I could have stayed out there all night. I'll be honest with you. So check out those pictures. If you haven't done so, I'm not saying I'm professional anyway, but at least you guys got to have a glimpse at the tour. I took around campus just on a whim on a warm yet slightly cool summer night in Auburn, Alabama. Last thing we want to mention good news for the volleyball team. Our head coach Brent Crouch has been signed for another five years. And I think he has earned it. Wouldn't you say? Oh goodness. Yes. We talked, touched on it last week in our fall recap. Um, the job, the volleyball program or the job that he did coaching the volleyball team this past year and the trajectory the program is on certainly has earned him an extension. I think people are more excited about Auburn volleyball than they've been in a long time. Uh, and just more people are excited about Auburn volleyball, just in general, getting accustomed to watching it and used to the sport after the success of last year. Um, his recruiting and his style of play has definitely set that up. So more than uh, worthy of that extension. And I uh, hope he's here for a lot longer than that, because I think he's doing quite a good job. Yeah, he's definitely earned it. Uh, put Auburn volleyball on the map in many ways uh, with their second stint into the NCAA tournament. And as we talked about, as you in our fall recap, we talked about uh, shocking a few people. I just am very happy to see him being rewarded. And yeah. I, I would hope that we as the fans would continue. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. ...to reward him and the players and the program by continuing to support them, not just one year where we're catching fire and catching NCAA volleyball by storm, but let's keep it going all the way through uh, into next season as well. Our first big topic tonight, let's hit recruiting you know that is what the people love to talk about <laughs> austin whether it's about stars whether about a numbers game who you beat out who you may be flipping mm-hmm. maybe coming soon attractions coming soon maybe we'll see we'll see man nothing's as of the recording of this podcast we're talking about a certain number of commitments that began auburn football's summer recruiting efforts um, there are more that maybe by the time you're watching or listening to this that have occurred, or maybe more news has come out. So keep that in mind, but let's start off uh, with what we know, Austin, three commitments in one week, technically four, but we're, I know most people don't count a preferred walk on, but it's an important position to make sure you take care of. Uh, but your commitments for this week will first be wide receiver Bryce Kane from Mobile, Alabama, followed up. Uh, on the same day, hours later, Kinsley Faustin, safety from Naples, Florida. Um, Friday, Joseph Phillips from Tuskegee, Alabama, a linebacker. And then also mixed in there from Auburn, Alabama, a long snapper of J.R. Buckner have decided uh, to sign up, commit, be part of the Tigers. So a nice little group for this week. And we'll talk about what may be coming in just a second, but let's open the floor up and talk about these guys a little bit. What sticks out to you? Yeah. Huge weekend for Auburn. 
Um, you know, there will be people that say, oh, these guys are three stars or four stars. They're not the five stars. Um, you know, this kind of string of success of recruiting, uh, as we talked about a little bit pre-show, has not happened very frequently over the last few years. So really exciting times for Auburn. Um, we, you know, we'll talk about it, like you said, but just along with these guys who actually committed, there's been a host of guys uh, of that higher echelon of, uh, you know, ranked talent that's been in Auburn recently. Um, so really exciting times in recruiting. The big one that we just have to talk about because it was a, a such a notable thing this week was Joseph Phillips committing to Auburn. Uh, yes. A four-star linebacker at Tuskegee right down the road, like, as you mentioned, um, but a true battle between Auburn and Georgia that Hugh Freeze won um, and it, and is big. You know, we've talked about it before, but Auburn has to win the battles between Alabama and between Georgia in the recruiting on the field. It just has to happen for them to keep up. Um, and that's a true battle they won. Um, it's a big game changer and, and really staple of this recruiting class so far for the freeze era. Uh, and so big time and uh, really exciting to see people definitely, I think that have been kind of lackadaisical about recruiting the last few years um, or, or jump or cause to jump back into it because of something exciting like that. So Really, really big deal. Props to them. And then, uh, you know, the other two guys are no – it's not like we're they're slouches either. Bryce Kane, you beat a, an SEC foe and Ole Miss out for him. Kinsley Faustin, um, a safety in the secondary that continues to be deeper and deeper. So, you just love it. You love that kind of trajectory they're on, and, and hopefully they continue this motivation. It seems like they will. There's a couple ways you could uh, chop up these commitments in this week and talk about them individually or as a group. I'll, I'll try to do a little bit of that. First of all, let's, let's talk about Joseph Phillips. That's the big one, right? You know, stars yeah. wise, uh, perception wise, it's important to win the battles between Alabama and Georgia. I would add into that as well. It's not as prominent as those two, but uh, Florida as well, because those are our three pipeline States obviously the state that you're in of Alabama, Georgia, and then Florida. That's where we traditionally draw the majority of our guys from. It's usually in that order, one, two, and three. So those yeah. are your kind of schools. And, and maybe throw Florida State in there as well, who you're co competing with, and you can kind of go back and look at how we've done past two years before that and now uh, going forward battles that we may or may not be winning. This is one of them, and that's a huge thing. You're going to hear Georgia fans say, well, we did. it's the same thing. And look, there's our fans right. that do it too. Yep. We didn't want them anyway, and – I would also caution folks that remember this isn't over. Uh, yeah. You got to make sure that you show out on the field, that you continue to build that relationship and coaches know this. We're just talking about it now and we're not doing their jobs for them, but uh, this one may not be over, but uh, for now Auburn has won the battle between Georgia. The other thing that sticks out to me from this group, even including our preferred walk on long snapper, J.R. Buckner, you have got a group of guys that are all from your backyard or close yeah. to it. You know, you, you've got Auburn, Alabama, Tuskegee, and then Mobile is close enough, and it's a Alabama stronghold. So I would argue, too, uh, with Bryce Kane down there, that, you know, you went in, even if Alabama didn't want him, maybe necessarily, you went into their territory and took somebody out. So just wins abound when you really kind of chop this thing up and talk about them. Well, and especially when it's a first-year coaching staff, right? Like Hugh Freeze, we know, has been in the SEC and knows what kind of caliber guys he needs to compete in this league. Um, but you're right, for for his group to kind of establish these relationships with these guys this early um, is big. You know, there's certainly 
more guys they'd be get, getting and more battles that they're going to have to win. Um, but this continues to be a steady rise in trajectory of momentum. And um, I'm hoping that, that this is showing a bigger things to come for sure. I believe also, and this is a, a fun little tie for you and me being big Malzahn fans. I believe Kinsley Faustin was pretty high on UCF's list. And now Gus Malzahn being down there, I think uh, we beat out the old coach for one, as much as you and I may <laughs> love the guy and we'll rehash our history with that, that all that storyline and stuff like that. But it is still nice to know that we can beat out a former coach and convince them. I think we've got a leg up. It's Auburn UCF. You may have won that bowl game, but uh, you know, and it's, it's always, isn't it not weird to think about that? He was the coach then that. Yeah. To the team yeah. It's super weird. It's a weird dynamic there, but all different ways to look at those four guys that as of this recording have committed, very briefly, let's look at what may be coming down the pipe. As you mentioned, these are summer camps going on, have been going on, and taking a lot of official visits where they really get shown the red carpet. You can follow some of these guys on social oh, yeah. media and see what all the staff does for them, whether it's stuff they get that when they come to the hotel, messages with certain former players or, or calls. They get shown around campus. They get the best rooms you know, on campus. Uh, right red carpets thrown out basically, or the orange and blue carpet. I should say we, we got no red here, no red here. Um, a couple of names that are out there that people may want to be paying attention to uh, Khalil house. Um, an offensive lineman would be one Malik Blockton from uh, Pike road, which is not too far away from Auburn defensive lineman in July, I think is committing and think Auburn is favored for both of those. So, Maybe that's changed by the time you're watching or listening to this. But there's a big one out there. And when we talked about flips at the beginning of this, that is getting really interesting. And whether or not this guy comes to Auburn, the fact that Auburn's making it a game is showing you how things are changing from the last two years to now. Perry Thompson, current Alabama commit. If Auburn swings that one, boy, social media is just going to explode, don't you think? Oh, it'll be, it'd be ridiculous. And, and obviously as you're touching on it, he was in on campus this weekend. Um, a one, a lot of people have been paying attention to, and I think Perry has said himself, this is an Auburn Alabama battle. It's, it's down to them too. That's all I'm looking at. Um, and so that's always going to raise eyebrows. A five-star wide receiver from Foley high school in the mobile area, there as, you go. You, as you touched on um, that two, five, one area code. And so uh, it's definitely, one of those that seems to happen every recruiting cycle. It's like, is Auburn going to actually pull this guy away from, from big, bad Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, and this one seems like it might be their best shot here in a while. And so we'll have to see what happens. I think he left the visit saying it was really impressive. You know, it's Auburn or Alabama. I'm trying to decide between before the season or whatnot. So that will be one to look at. Um, that is one, as you touched on Kyle, that everybody's going to say, well, we didn't want him anyway. No, that is one everybody wants. And so <laughs> that will be interesting to see what happens. And, and, you know, I don't want to play the, play the moral victory card, but I think you kind of touched on too. The fact that this is a battle yeah. is, is a big deal and, and hopefully a sign of things to come in future recruiting cycles. Once this freeze coaching staff has had time to get in on these guys a little earlier, mm -hmm. um, you know, that is that is something that is impressive that it's just a battle in itself. But hopefully they pull the pull the victory over Alabama and get this guy. And uh, it, it'd be a, another one of those program changers for the recruiting cycle first year for sure. 
Yeah, it's much easier um, protecting, I would say, a, a lead that you have. Well, some would argue maybe the opposite way, but I think in this sense, it's much easier to be working from the strong position than behind position for making ground up for guys. Uh, but Hugh Freeze, his staff, seems to be doing that in bounds, whether it's for a name like a Perry Thompson. The last thing I'd like to mention too, what I love is not just the staff getting involved on social media and kind of giving fans hints something's coming, but now you've got players on the teams. And it's happened before, but I've never seen a concerted effort from players that, you know, everybody thinks they know who the players are hinting at, but then you'll see from every position, every offensive yeah so nobody knows like everybody thinks okay that linebacker committed so it must mean this linebacker is committed this wide receiver commented so it must be this wide receiver i don't know who they're talking about we have our guesses but all i know is i love this all-out recruiting effort that's going in and selling auburn and when you combine auburn in and of itself that is easy to sell just because it's auburn with this type of effort with this type of cohesion it's an incredible thing to see and so i'm loving every bit of it yeah, it's, I mean, it's the new age of recruiting, right? Like, it's always on. It never stops. There's graphics out the wazoo. There's videos out the wazoo. Photos going off everywhere. Um, and social media is part of it. And, it, you know, the mystery mystery behind all of it with eyeball emojis and and the freeze emoji and all this is, is fun for the fans, fun for players, I'm sure, because, you know, they're keeping up with the recruiting as much as anybody, too, of where their buddy's going and where they're – um, teammates going and all that so really exciting and uh we'll have to see who these who these uh emojis are all talking about hopefully we get to find out this week look when you can get the official twitter account of obby the tiger involved in that <laughs> that's saying something my friend it's a big deal it's a big deal another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk some more football. You didn't think we were going to be discussing this much football this early in the summer, did you? <laughs> like... It's a lot. <laughs> it never and stops. It, it truly never stops. But, you know, we feel like we get these little breaks here and there. I thought I was getting a break this past week. Nope, that was not the case. <laughs> what we're going to talk about, though, is the news that was already kind of previously announced. We knew it was coming. The SEC was going to reveal its schedules for 2024, officially the first season with Texas and Oklahoma into the mix. Before we even get into what Auburn takes away from this, let me just say I am so glad this year that they decided we're going to announce this in the summer when nothing else has happened because last couple times they've announced it like in October when football season is in full swing. And so it's already kind of like another thing to try to lump in with all the other coverage. So from a commentator's you know standpoint, thank you. <laughs> Please. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for the break. And we needed something to talk about this summer. Um, but I will briefly give you the rundown and then I want some Austin commentary on it for 2024. And this is not the dates or anything, but, and we're just discussing really sec opponents and we can throw the non-conference in there if you'd like, but for the sec opponents that were announced for Auburn for home, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, A&M, Vanderbilt, and away 
Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri. So when I look at that list, Austin, there's a couple of big talking points, but I want you to open us up with your thoughts about Auburn SEC schedules for 2024. Yeah, I mean, overall, I was pretty pleased. I think, you know, before we get into it, it you were touching on when they release it. I'm, I'm never, ever, ever fully uh, surprised by what the SEC network can turn into a primetime television know, show. isn't it? Um, <laughs> other conferences just drop their schedules at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Right. Can uh, we just like, dispense it, with this SEC is not keen talk? I mean, we yeah. garner a primetime show about our SEC schedule drops. Let's just I mean, let's end like, it there. Here's the graphic if I'm the Big Ten. Here's the schedules. Have at it. No, it. We went. We love to make fun of the moniker. It just means more. But I mean, what were the ratings like on this show? I can't imagine as as they were unveiled. All that said, well, I was one watching. Thing, one thing too. I appreciated the way they did it. Let's do Oklahoma and Texas first. Yeah. Like they're the new guys. Everybody's interested in them. I don't know that going alphabetical was the best choice. I loved it as an Auburn fan, but you know who didn't love it? I'm sure that the ratings went er, at the end as oh, soon as true. Vanderbilt came up. So I felt so bad for them. Like nobody's going to pay attention to them. Anyway, that was just something that I thought about. I stopped I watching after. I don't know. It was on, but I mean, it. I didn't care after Auburn went. Right. So yeah, you're probably right. They probably should have mingled it in there a little better. Anyway, Auburn's Auburn's opponents. Um, you know, I think the big thing that is we knew Auburn would probably be going to Alabama. Uh, they stay on the home and away flip flop schedule. They're still going to Georgia. Um, and, you know, I think that was a big. Everyone was hoping that would stay the case, but to have it confirmed, that's a big deal to keep the deep South oldest rivalry as well as um, keep it on the home and away trend that it is. Wouldn't have minded if maybe we flipped those and have a home and away again, but I think that would have required us going over there. Uh, I would have done it. I would have done it in a heartbeat. Just to get it back. I know. I know. It's. I still, I would love maybe one week for us to talk about that. I just don't know why that happened. Like, I love that we got two home games in a row from 2012 to 2013, but I just, I don't understand why. I have no idea what, how that happened the way it did, but it's probably going to change after 2024. That's you and I are going to be talking about yeah. this again in a year when we get finally get to the new thing with 2025. Cause this is not a permanent situation. This is just to get us to 2025. Yeah. We'll be talking about it for sure on episode 98, but uh, <laughs> as far as, and I'll be coming up with a player for that, which is for this one's Blake Burkhalter and Tony Richardson, by the he way, worked it in. I love um, it. Uh, yeah, it was really, I was been thinking about it for the past 20 minutes. Um, anyway, the biggest thing though, is that Oklahoma is coming to Jordan air stadium in 2024. I, I really hoped we would get whoever it was going to be Texas or Oklahoma. They'd be coming to Auburn. I desperately want to go to Norman or Austin whenever Auburn goes out there, but I was really hoping the first, you know, we get to welcome in one of these, their first year, um, I think that I really, really wanted us to play Texas. I wanted us to have Texas the first year. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I'm excited about Oklahoma coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium. Yeah, it's it's fun either way. Look, it's something new. It's exciting. We get to have first crack in our home stadium yeah. at one of the two. So you really kind of look at it, and if you're like me and Austin who wanted Texas more than Oklahoma – 
you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, we can't get everything we want. This is a pretty nice way to get things started with these two new opponents. Right. So love that fact of it. The other big things, and you've touched on them, uh, the rivalries, the important ones have been maintained, the most important ones. Iron Bowl wasn't going anywhere, but people were concerned that Georgia and Auburn would go away for 2024, at least on an annual basis. That's not the case until we'll talk about 2025 when it gets here. I don't think it's safe, folks. Yeah, A couple of things to talk about here. When you talk about who had to leave the schedule and who might come into the schedule outside of Oklahoma and Texas, a lot of people were hoping somehow, some way for a Florida matchup. I was yeah. one of those. Same. And what that meant, even without that, you had to lose somebody. No more Tiger Bowl every yep. single year. Auburn and LSU, the annual rivalry, which is a rivalry. It's Absolutely. developed into that, is no more. Are you disappointed? Thoughts about that? Um, you know, because I, I'll lump it, and not as much of a rivalry, but I'll lump in the Mississippi schools with this because they're yep. not on the schedule either. Um, when we talked about preserving traditional rivalry, like we weren't going to play the West again. It wasn't going to be like we're having the annual West every year with the way this is happening. It's just not feasible. And right. so I think that I was, I've come to grips with that wasn't going to happen. To see all three of them not on there is strange. It is. But as you mentioned, someone had to go. And I think A&M not being on there uh, wouldn't have hurt as much. Or not, I don't want to say it hurts because we're going to play them again. And, you know, yeah. a year off of LSU is not going to be the worst thing. But to not – A&M is, is more recent, right? They're not right. as uh, – there's not the history. And so I think that wouldn't have been as bad. Arkansas the same way. While there's been some tension between Auburn and Arkansas – um, Tension's in, in putting a, it lightly. <laughs> no kidding. In recent years, like it's not the same history Auburn might have with uh, LSU or even Mississippi State or even the drama with Ole Miss in the last few years. So um, I it was it stinks to not see them, but I, I remind myself continually they're going to be on the schedule. It's just not for 2024. It's not like we're never going to see Auburn go down to Baton Rouge again or or have Ole Miss coming to Jordan here. So. Um, It'll all be okay. It's fun to see, you know, Vanderbilt. I'm not upset about getting Vanderbilt for a second year in a row next year. Um, and then, you know, we don't see Kentucky as much. But I'm with you. I really was hoping somewhere between really just Kentucky and Missouri. I would not have minded all if one of those was Florida or Tennessee, uh, honestly. I was that, really that bummed been, yeah. that we didn't get either of those on the schedule. That's, I think, when Auburn fans look at their current opponents that we see every year, we have always longed for some type of more annual, more recent, more regular. Regular. Yeah. Thank you. I was searching for vocabulary yeah. there. I couldn't, you know, I did go, I do have a college degree from Auburn. I wasn't. <laughs> In linguist, linguist, I can't even talk. Wow. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, we were hoping for Tennessee. We were hoping for Florida. Um, and then when you see the Mississippi schools gone completely with LSU, it's kind of like, did we really gain something here? I mean, like, yeah. you know, so it's not anything to complain about. Uh, no. We are getting something new, something fresh. We're maintaining the most important things, but we're still as Auburn fans. And I think, I think especially Florida fans echo this. Every time I talk to a Florida fan, they say this too. We want that game back. Yeah. That there is regionally, historically. And so 
Whether it gets fixed in 2025 remains to be seen, but that's if I'm talking about the biggest mistake or biggest thing that didn't happen for 2024 Auburn SEC schedule, it's the lack of Florida. Yeah, and well, well, let's be honest too. This schedule is good for Auburn. Like this is not, you know, this is, I saw someone put it this way. This might not be an easier quote unquote schedule for Auburn, but everyone else is a little more evened out now. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn's still got to go to Alabama and to Georgia. Like, let's yeah. not put it lightly. This is still a, a yeah. Those a, of you that are complaining that we got Vanderbilt, like away of opponents, uh, of fans of other opponents that are saying you got it easy with Vanderbilt and Missouri. Do you see where no, we got to go? Way past due that we even this thing out. So I'm not complaining about schedule, but I put LSU with Florida and Tennessee in that. Yeah. That secondary rivalry for Auburn that that I just would have liked to just replace one of them with um you know it'll be okay because we're gonna get them back and and you know if we do things this way where we're let's just say we slate this is the slate we have one year and we have the slate the next year well then we'll get Florida and Tennessee both in one year and and the good thing is as we've talked about before we're going to get these matchups more and that's how it should be so yeah. I'm good either way, but I was hoping to see one of them on this 2024 slate. Yeah, there's going to be things that you don't like about this. There's going to be things that you do like about this. The important thing to remember is this is for 2024. This right. is not only. Yes, this is not the holistic change. Now, they may decide that this is what has to happen going forward, and then we may have to have a further discussion. But for now, this is what you need to look forward to for the first year of the new SEC basically becoming the sec south the the sec and the southwestern conference is what i think (laughs) we should be moving towards at some point but either way um we are excited for the change uh we'll miss lsu we will miss Ole miss we will well that's well tie you know a little fun way of saying that we'll miss mississippi state not the cowbells but we will miss playing them every single year in some way but we look forward to a new year and a new season, and we'll be breaking that down much, much more as it gets closer and closer. That's going to do it for episode 40 here on the Auburn Experience podcast. A lot discussed, a lot of different topics that we got into even in the summer, and we thank you guys for tuning in with us on our way out. I'd like to give you where you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Kyle Loomis 24 and of course, follow the E2C network everywhere, including Twitter and various other uh, social media accounts out there. Where can they contact you, Austin? Austin G. Scott is where you can find me. Tell me what you thought about Tony Richardson and Blake Burkhalter for episode number 40. Episode number 41 next week. Kyle, we're getting closer and closer to an easier pick each week of uh, players for episode. So you are, I'm just, I'm, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> you are literally three episodes away from the easiest pick ever. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll wait for that one earnestly, but uh, happy to have you even here on a difficult one for you on episode 40. Thank you all for tuning in. So we talk to you again. Corey. Corey. Corey.